Blue Chip Sports Network presents Kid of the Game with Eric, Brian, Reggie, and Jordan on iTunes, the Blue Chip Broadcasting YouTube channel, and bluechipbroadcasting.com. Welcome back, everybody, for another edition of Get in the Game. My name's Eric Davis, Big E. I'm here joined by me. Joined by me? <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even close to any of you all, but we are all joined together for tonight's podcast. My partner, Brian Nelson, is here, along with the professor, Reggie Wright, and the kid, Jordan Santa Maria. I'd like to welcome you all in. We're going to talk tonight about NCAA football and what that season might have. But before we get started on that, let's talk a little bit of current events and uh, the first thing that's near and dear to my heart i'll just tell you right now i loved watching the olympics and i think i think it would be appropriate if we just took a moment and 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 realize that, that is some of the greatest athletic competition you will ever see i think it's great eric and did you get your tv eric in time for the olympics i mean that's the question we're all waiting with bated breath here well, to, here, here's the deal. About two days before, we got it all locked and loaded and set up so that we could watch the Olympics. So, yeah, I got a nice, brand new, big screen TV hanging on my wall, and we watched all of the Olympics. The reason I ask is when I went up to visit Eric and his wife in early June, we watched the Giants games on the computer in the family room. Nice. There you go. So, I'm... I'm, uh, I'm- I'm just, I'm happy to hear that Eric has learned how to use a computer. So that's, It was my computer. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. We're still working on Wi-Fi. But, uh, yeah. Computers. Yeah. We had some Wi-Fi issues before we uh, went live, you know, but hey. Um, I'm, I'm smacking you all the next time. <laughs> yeah, the kindness that was showed last podcast, eh, it's going out the door now. Yeah, Eric, Eric, I just want to ask you, I'm surprised. Uh, I thought that you might be less interested in the Olympics this go-around. I mean, no Michael Phelps, right? Like, he was your boy. So did you... What, he was, was there, a commentator. He was a commentator. He, he was there. He was there, but, but he, was he was fully clothed, I know. so it's different. But he is, he, is, he, is a, he is a fine dresser. The man can dress. In, in, uh, with the absence of Phelps in the pool, was there anyone that, uh, anyone that you kind of locked in on this year? Any, anybody that, that you enjoyed watching? Any particular sport? I mean, the coverage this year, I don't know, guys. It seemed a little different to me, obviously, you know. Um, it was odd. It was yeah. really weird. Like, and I, don't know, I like, thought I watched the most badminton I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> okay. By the way, friend of the program, Jim Cozumore. Oh, Barry is on Jim Cosmore, badminton play-by-play man. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a man doing work right there, I'll tell you. That is, uh, I swear, it was 24-7 I, badminton coverage. Yeah, I, like, I wonder. going to love, Cos is going to love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so you know, I want to, I'm just curious, how many times do you think he said the word shuttlecock? <laughs> I bet he practiced a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would uh, hope so. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you, I actually watched badminton a little bit. Not not much, but I did watch the badminton. But uh, I, I, for me, what I what I tuned into, and it, it's kind of unique for me. It's not something I, I really have ever done before. But I watched the women's basketball team a lot hmm. for the simple fact that they were going for what was it their seventh straight gold medal and that they're undefeated in well over fifty games now in international competition and. 
to see to, and to watch where the women's game has come from over the course of the last, let's say, 15, 20 years, I, I, would, I, just, I really enjoyed it. Got to tell you, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Eric's always been a fan of greatness, and uh, that, is, that is a great team. He, you know? And that's one thing that I really appreciate about you, Eric, and I think you know, I'm, I would probably be your foil. I, I always cheer for the underdog. You know, but yep. um, that, uh, that uh, I mean, the United States women's team, unbelievable. W- I mean, you know, I, can you think of any other team that's that's been as dominant as they have over the past several decades? I mean, I, I mean, the men's, you know, the, the men's game is getting more competitive, so you don't see that dominance on the men's side, but, you know, the, the, the women's, the United States women's basketball team was incredible. Yeah, I mean, we saw that, I think, a little bit with the women's soccer team for a stretch but that is even sure. now start yep. that gap has narrowed considerably yeah, well, I mean, because they, I mean, they were fortunate to year. win the yeah. bronze yeah. yeah i think basketball had a lot of interesting storylines though because both teams were criticized heavily in the preseason games kind of the exhibitions mm-hmm. both of them kind of struggling both actually lost right yeah and then you know once they got into the into the to the real you know thick of it they seem mm-hmm. to pull together, and then even the men's team for Popovich to finally win his first gold medal. I mean, that's that's another storyline that's really cool. Yeah, um, and for them to beat but Australia it, again and come back and you know just take all the criticism and still get gold. That's that's awesome. Yeah, but it's also like like Reggie says, I am a, I, I I love greatness, particularly sustained greatness. And when you talk about Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi with five Olympic gold medals each. I mean, that's unreal. Five. Unbelievable. How long does that stretch your career to be at the top of your game for five Olympics? That's 20 years from, from one Olympics to the last. That is, to me, that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, you're talking 16 years from 04 to 20. Yeah. You know, you started, maybe they were 19, 20. I mean, they're, they're, these women playing in their mid-30s. And, and Tarasi, mm-hmm. Tarasi teased after they won the medal that she would come back for the next one. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any <laughs> against her. Yeah. She's she's unique and very very for special sure. talent. So, and the reason I said twenty years though is because the process starts, you know, two to four years before the Olympic Games when you start doing the World Championships and all these things, trying to put your team together. That's just crazy for me. So that. That was my moment. Somebody else give me another favorite moment. Well, in I'm going to go greatness, Eric. It's going to be a little bit on the same lines as you, but I'm going to go to a different place, a place that I would have never been that successful, and that's on the track. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the most decorated medalist in Olympic history in the United States, and that's Allison Felix. Dominant. 11 Olympic medals, seven gold three silver and one bronze, and she did it in four different events. The 200, the 400 individual, the 4 by one and the 4 by 4 You don't see a lot of people, men or women, excel in the 4 by one and the 4 by 4 because they are such different races. And uh, she, and just an amazing person, you know, she's, she's had her family, she had her kids, I mean, just... Very, very high character, high quality person. And when people are great, sometimes you get a little jealous or you almost want them to not succeed. She is definitely somebody that I think everybody could rally behind and desire to see succeed because she is just a high character, high quality person. And uh, my favorite person in the Olympics was Allison Felix by far. Love that pick, Brian. Love that pick. Yep. I, I think she she's defied a lot of age and a lot of 
stereotypes that, you know, hey, you're a mom, you can't run fast anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think uh, she was she was dropped by Nike at that point, right? Uh-huh. So it was a great yeah. comeback story for her. I and mean, she's actually created story. her own. She's actually created her own brand now. <clears throat> yeah. She's got her own shoe brand, and boy, they're a lot cheaper than Nike too. Hey, <laughs> for sure. That you know, okay. We slap a pair of those shoes on Brian. He may be competitive on the track. <laughs> that that may be go. that may be the missing in the over eighty group. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I, I'm I'm waiting for Brian to enter the what is that the the official run walk or whatever that race is where you kind of waddle and move your butt a lot and, and, and walk speed walking. <laughs> there you go. You would like to see Brian do that. wouldn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't say I would like no, to see no. that. Michael Phelps, remember? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and the thing is she's 35 years old. Yeah. Again, you're yeah. talking about a woman in her mid thirties who's still done life as a mom and a wife and so forth, and still be able to compete at the highest level in the world. I just think that's awesome. I think it's got to be a great encouragement and a great example to so many young women and girls in our country and throughout the world that you can continue to do this. You don't have to give everything up to do this, that you can have balance and still be great at what you do. Right. What about well, you, Reg? What do you, what, what well, jumped let's out? Let's go to at, Jordan. Oh, let's go, go to, to Jordan, Jordan for- yeah. Okay. I was going to bounce across here, but Jordan's actually to my directly to my left, so we'll go that direction. Yeah. There was a Go couple. There was a couple storylines. I thought one that was unique was uh, Simone Biles, right? I mean, what she went through throughout the course of her Olympic kind of experience, coming in, you know, with so much pressure, um, you know, already being told like one of the best gymnasts of all time, right? And how athletic she is and how different she is than everyone else. And then, you know, the mental health issues that she brought up for her to come back and still reach the podium, I think is a great story. And I think that's a story that a lot of people can get behind, you know, just going through something, especially in the middle of the Olympics after you work so hard. Hey, and Eric, quit interrupting. Back. <laughs> but, <laughs> We got, we, we, we got, we got our friends, <laughs> but, but for her to bounce back, I think that that is an awesome story. And again, something that I just think everyone can get behind. Absolutely. It shines the light. It shines the light on, on athletes as, as people, right? That just because you're talented and you're gritty and you work hard, doesn't mean that you don't have to deal with stuff. And, um, life is messy. Things are hard. And sometimes you have to make choices uh, a little bit different than people would think you should or want you to make. And I thought she was—I thought that was a pretty brave deal. And you know, was, was kind of glad she 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 wasn't afraid to do that and uh, take the heat, but protect herself. So I, I'm good with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, from my perspective, I think I think what she did ultimately took more guts and courage than than you know, performing on the Olympic stage period. For sure. Um, the amount of, of scrutiny and, you know, she's, she was under a microscope. Um, and to, I mean, she, she was the face of the United States. Uh, I think she was the face of Olympics. the Olympics period. Yeah. I so mean, the amount of, of pressure and, and stress that that brings along. And then to be able to have the courage to um, make a decision that, that, you know, for for safety reasons, for e- even for the benefit of of her her uh, teammates, you know, mm. um, in the in the all around, I know that she she was concerned that she would cost them success. Um, I just I, I think it takes a lot of courage, and and it, that was pretty cool. That was a cool moment. So, 
Red, it's your turn. Go ahead. Who is your Olympic hero? Oh, Eric, you know where I'm going. So this is <laughs> this is this is the one time where you know I'm kind of in your camp. I can appreciate greatness when I see it every now and then, especially not not when it's like once once in a lifetime or once in a generation. This guy is like once in a species. Okay, <laughs> Eliud Eliud Kipchoge, Kipchoge, thirty six years old. Dusts the field in the men's marathon. 26.2 miles, gentlemen, of pure dominance. He won by over a minute, okay? And like... Like the last three miles were just a straight up victory lap. You know, they, they'd like pan back to the field and these guys were like dragging and stuff. Elliot was like running backwards, you know, <laughs> waving to the crowd. Elliot's like, hey, I'm a three-time fuzzy blue ball winner. I got this in the back. <laughs> and, and that was great to see. Um, so obviously uh, that was the one thing that uh, I, I really enjoyed a ton. I just, I just watched, I, you know, it was like three hours, right? Just watching this guy run. And I, well, and it was, I was only two living. for him. No, yeah, for him. Yeah, for him. I mean, I, you know, I kind of watched like the intro stuff too, but. Um, so I, I love the fact, just a little insight on the, the but for all of those listening, <laughs> you know, four of us were texting throughout the Olympics doing some stuff, but when Kip Chogi <laughs> came on, Reggie lit up the phone. <laughs> Kipchoge had maybe, oh, five miles left, right? He's coming down to the end of it, maybe five miles left. And Reggie's comment was, I want to go to the bathroom, but I don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> And it's true, man. He knocked out those last five miles in like three minutes. <laughs> Reg, the best part about your I'm, fandom I'm, of Kipchoge is that literally the last three years, like you are his number one fan. Oh, dude. Hey, hey, if marathoners wore jerseys, I'd have a closet full. I instead, like, I guess I could well, hang little also- pieces of paper with numbers on them. You know, like maybe I'll just do that. Next time I go to the store, next time I hit like Rayleigh's or Food Max. I'll just wear a little, a little, uh, you know, seven four zero three uh, piece of paper printout and, and uh, safety pin it to my shirt. Oh man! I just right, Kipchoge. I'm just really worried. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you watching Kipchoge run is healthy. I'm afraid you might come back constipated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you know what though? Real quick, before while, while we're still on the Olympics, I do want to point out: Did any of you guys watch three on three basketball? I watched the women's championship. Three on three basketball. It was, I watched the it, men's it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. I kind of got into that a little bit. That was kind of fun. It's different. D- totally different. Very you different. You know what's rough about three on three, too? Just playing. It, it's way harder than five on five. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there's no chance like, to rest. There is no help. Like, you are on <laughs> an island. Like, yeah. if you are struggling, like, you are going to be on, like, literally, like, and you can't, torture, torture chamber. You're like, I'm scoring on you every time. Like, right. Yeah. And it's and you, all bad. You can't take plays. Like there's no transition where you can kind of like walk no. the ball at the floor. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, out of gas or whatever, if your meter is oh, low, right, your 2K meter is low, you're stuck. You're stuck. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> they, they go and if nonstop. you can't throw it in the ocean, they ain't guarding you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hey, so, so for those people that are listening, this, this may surprise them. You know, we, we do try to have a time schedule and stay organized. For those of us that are listening to the show, this may not surprise them. Uh, we are way behind our timeline. So <laughs> let's, let's, let's go ahead and take a step forward and let's talk. Uh, in terms and of and other people are like, talk. wait a second, let me, let me check. I, I thought I was di- tuning into Joe Rogan. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about winners and losers from the MLB trade deadline that passed 
just a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jordan, who got the best deal? Uh, I, I don't want to do the obvious one, so I'll, I'll, I'll go to the White Sox. I thought the White Sox getting Craig Kimbrell makes them a serious contender to win the whole thing, honestly. I think their pitching was already really good. Um, they obviously have Hendricks at the back of the bullpen, and then adding Kimbrell right there, that gives them probably the best two closers in baseball. And I think when you're talking about going into October and playing into the playoffs and playing into games that matter and close games at the end of the game, you want those two that have experience and shutting the door on the mound. Um, so I think that was, that was a huge move for them, um, especially yeah. with you know their offensive firepower that they already have. So I think the, the White Sox definitely increased their odds to win it all, for sure. I think, I think that... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Fred. What's that? Oh, no, no, I'm just... I just said, uh, I said, Jordan's going for the Sox. Red, you are taking. Oh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. I was just going to piggyback on Jordan uh, and say that I think just that acquisition alone, I mean, the White Sox were already really good and a favorite, but I think that solidifies them as the favorite to win the World Series in, in my mind. I, that's just what I think. Um, but I would say, you know what? I loved, I loved what the Atlanta Braves did. Honestly, uh, at the time, I think they were five and a half games out. Did they know that you can only have three outfielders? Because I think he traded for four, and they already had two. Well, one of them just hits, so you know they'll they'll put them wherever. Um, And that's Soler, Jorge Soler. He um, that was kind of an under the radar, like Mm -hmm. last minute. Like I, I didn't hear any conversation surrounding him heading into the deadline uh they picked up duvall and so i think at the time i was going to say they were, they were rosario about five and a half and peterson back. yeah right 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 yeah so it obviously to to plug the hole of ronald lacuna um and they were five and a half games out at the time trailing the mets and they you know most teams in that position uh, when you lose a guy like Acuna, you're five and a half games out. You kind of fold up shop, maybe look to make some deals for next year or something like that. Um, but they saw weakness in the Mets, and sure enough, I mean, now now I think they're four games up in the East. I mean, they went all in. I mean, they're, they, they went all in, and it's paying off. I mean, I, I love what they did. Well, I think it's also understanding what your schedule looks like and what the team you're chasing schedule looks like. I mean, as we tape this, the Mets are in the middle of a 13 consecutive game streak against the two best teams in baseball, the Giants and the Dodgers. They are currently 1-5, and five, and it took them 12 innings to get the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's rough. And that we've seen that that schedule has just beat them up. And Atlanta has taken advantage of a soft schedule, and they have flown by them. And I, I don't think well, – I picked them to win the East at the beginning, and now my pick all of a sudden looks pretty good because they have – I agree, they, they had a very good – a little under the radar, and they did maybe more quantity – than quality superstar, mm-hmm. but sometimes that really pays off over time. Yeah, I mean, they 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 filled the need that they had, right? They lose a superstar in the outfield, and they go. <laughs> Brian, you mentioned you, they go get four to replace <laughs> them, and uh, you know they don't like none of them. Like Adam Duvall is not like a huge splash. He's not, you know, I'm sure like but he hits bombs. Adam Duvall jerseys aren't flying off the shelves necessarily, but he's, you know, he, he fits what they need. So they didn't, I don't think they overextended themselves to go out and get those guys either. No, they didn't give up a lot. A lot. Yeah. Eric, what about you? What about me? Well, I, I, I'll tell you the one that I, I, that I think was a great deal, but not for what everybody is going to believe. Uh, the reason is, and, and I think the Dodgers getting Scherzer and Turner 
kind of kind of like they're 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 dealing for Scherzer and oh hey would you throw in Turner for you know a nickel uh, I mean you know um, but the reason I like that trade uh, for the Dodgers is because the Giants forced them to make a big move. Um, being a Giants fan, when the Dodgers have to make a move like that, it makes a statement because it did have an impact on their farm system. It did put a dent into their future. It did force them to go all in uh, to a certain degree now. Um, Whether it pays off or not, we'll see. But it was a move that was really good, but the hand was forced by a team that's been playing better. And so... I, th- I thought it was a good move for the Dodgers, but I really like it for the Giants because it, it, I, I think it, it's an indication of how strong they feel the Giants are. Yeah, and I think too, Eric, the, the Turner piece. I think the Scherzer one didn't surprise me, but the fact they were no, able to pick up Turner, the fact they were able to pick up Turner is a big deal because now it allows them to let Corey Seager walk. Because Trey Turner then can move over to shortstop, and you know that they're going to try to woo him. Because to be honest. Trey Turner is a much more complete baseball player than Corey Seager. They're both phenomenal talents, but if I had my pick, I would take Trey Turner 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And, and Corey Seager is a really good baseball player. Uh, yep. But Turner's special talent, speed, batting average, pop, defensive versatility, which you know is so important to the Dodgers. Here's the interesting thing, Eric. Today, the top 100 prospects came out, and I didn't dive deep into the bottom 20. But I do believe that the Dodgers do not have anybody in the yep. top 100. If they do, they're at the bottom. And it, it, it forced them to empty a, that, that stash that they had. And by the way, the Giants farm system now rated number five. Right. Yeah. After, and so, yet, Brian, who did, what, what, who did you think? Well, I had yours, but since you took mine, I'm going to take the obvious one as a Giants fan. To me, the Chris Bryant trade is huge, not just for these two months, but this reminds me of the Hunter Pence trade of last decade. This is a guy who is a quality person, a quality baseball player, and a great fit. Will love playing in San Francisco. They're going to give him a taste. He's already talked about the fact that, I I don't know if you guys saw this little clip from a post-game news conference, but they said, well, what is the idea Boris does? He's, He's a Scott Boris client. If you don't know Scott Boris, his guy's always go to free agency they never sign extensions they always go to free agency and somebody asked him about that and he goes uh i run the show yeah. not scott yeah doesn't mean necessarily anything but it's like i think he's found out that this is a pretty cool place to play he's a west coast guy meanwhile scott boris is like chris shut up man come on <laughs> cost us money yeah costs scott money chris is gonna make plenty <laughs> yeah. of money and i think that's a tr- that's a trade not only for now but I think for the next five years. Um, but the part about that trade, though, Brian, too, is really if you look at it, it costs the Giants very little. It cost them a, a, a top 10 prospect in, in a Canario, it, but he's the fifth best outfield prospect in their system. Yeah. So they traded from an it, area of depth. It, isn't he like 12 it, years old, too? I mean, he's not. He's 19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah same yeah. difference. And you know, so he's MLB a long way away. Straight out of Little League World Series. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> man. Uh, yeah. So he's he's a long way away, and this is you're you're talking about an MVP and a former World Series MVP. You're talking about a guy who is going to help you now and in the future. Because I like Brian, think he's going to sign right away. So there you have that's our take on current events. 
we need to keep this show rolling and we need to talk about the topic. Eric's tonight. got dinner plans. He's uh <laughs> No, he's had dinner, he told us he's got dessert plans. <laughs> there you go. I, I would like to go sit with my wife who is you know, this is one of our few nights home together with nobody else in my house. So mm. at some point we're going to have some time And together. that explains why he has kept us on task tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working hard at it. I am working hard Family at it. Family show, Eric. So, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that kind of that kind of just left me speechless, right? I'm do there. Um, let's talk about, of course, the first thing, when you're talking about NC2A football right now, the first thing we need to talk about is let's address this Texas-Oklahoma move to the SEC and the creation of this mega conference and what that's going to mean to the NC2A. I, th- I think it's stupid. I mean, like, I everything about the NCAA, I'm done with the NCAA, Eric. I'm done with them. Like, I don't care. I, I hope, you know, the Big 12 is probably going to dissolve. I hope the NCAA dissolves. I'm just tired of it. Just let the let the schools do what they want to do. You know, let's let's have a new. It's just ridiculous, man. It's just so. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm a traditionalist. I I always I I, I liked it when uh, the Big Ten had ten teams. You know, <laughs> not thirteen or whatever they have now. Eleven, whatever it is, doesn't even 16. make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, and what, the big the Big Twelve has ten teams. That's just stupid. Just whatever. Let them do what they want. It's going to screw everything up, and then they're just going to have to rebuild from scratch. And I'm fine with that because the playoffs have been a disaster. Um, you know, I, I I don't like. I'm cool with mega conferences. I don't know about you guys. Like, I think it'd be cool to have like, you know, instead of a Power Five, just have a Power Two and put like. 20 teams from, you know, east of the Mississippi and 20 teams from west of the Mississippi. I don't think there's 20 teams west of the Mississippi, but that's okay. Well, yeah, okay, maybe not. But, you know, like you could cobble some together. You could stick, I don't know, you know, Kansas State in there or whatever. But, um, you know, like I, I don't have anything wrong with a giant conference. I I just, whatever. I'm just tired of the NCAA. Here, here, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. They, go ahead, Eric. You know what they've done? If, if they do this, one of the things they take away that, that – that will be lost is even in a mega conference, if you've got, you know, four conferences and a total of 32 teams at this highest level, you're still going to have haves and have nots. I mean, that, that never goes away. You always have the top half and the bottom half, but they do take away that intrigue of when the Boise state comes into town and through hooker by crook knocks off Oklahoma, that goes away because they'll never play each other. They'll never have that opportunity. And I think that's kind of the golden egg that gets taken away in this whole deal. See, I think we're going to see a a Premier League soccer-type scenario where you're going to have teams moving up and down into the different tiers. Uh, And I think NCAA football almost needs to become its own entity. Yeah, It Hmm. becomes a minor league for the NFL. If kids want to be connected to a school and get an education while they're there, good for them. Um but I, I think that may transition more to a Premier League style situation. And if you know you finish in the top or the bottom five of your mega conference, you slide out, and the, those group of five teams that maybe slide to the top, they get a chance to compete. Sure. I think that's the only way you're going to be able to do this. Otherwise, I like, the, I like that a lot better than what we have right. now. I mean, honestly, rele- that's a, relegation. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. You get relegated. That's the, the way thing, it is. The only thing, the, you know, Reggie, the only- that's not good. That's not good for Cal. 
I saw Cal pick third in the Pac-12 North and going to a bowl. Yeah. Red, Reggie's not really Bill loving Bears. college football right now. Scott Frost is not doing so hot. That's yeah, not a good day for Scott Frost. Cal is just... Uh, this yeah, Cal's Cal. Cal. Cal's Cal. Third, in, third in the Pac-12 North. If we're, if we're tooting our horns about that, man. Whew, hey, you know what? That's not, you know that's what? Not they're, top 50. They're going to get one of them. They'll beat Oregon or they'll beat Washington. Call, you know, that's my call Whoever has to come to Strawberry Canyon. Well, they, they're on the road for both of them this year. They ain't either one of them. I, I, no, no, no. no. I, I, I can almost guarantee that they will beat one of those two schools. Which one? I'm not sure. Uh, probably Washington. But, yeah. I, I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd make you take that bet that you'd have to shave your beard if they, if they lost both of those. The problem is you shave your beard, it grows back tomorrow. So <laughs> That's true. I'll take that uh, bet. So, okay, okay. So I'll take that bet if you shave your head. <laughs> Mine would never go back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. No. There's no equity there. Uh, so the, the, the mega conference is the thing that's going to happen. And, and we think that, that, you know, I think the idea of a premier, like, premier league type relegation is a great idea. But there's another elephant in the room, and I want Jordan to address this because he's probably the closest one of us to it. The, the NIL the licensing of your image, creating value. Jordan, how, what do you think about that? How is that going to change what the NCAA is? Uh, honestly, I think it's something the NCAA probably should have implemented a long time ago, right? I mean, um, I don't think it really hurts. Well, honestly, it, it doesn't hurt the players at all, right? It, it benefits the players and that they can benefit from their likeness, right? And they can get sponsorships, quote-unquote, and... Uh, kind of improve their situations, right? Where most of these kids anyways, if we're talking about the high-level programs, the Alabamas, you know, the Clemsons, those guys are going to go to the NFL. They're going to get those deals. Um, so they kind of get a jump start on it early. I think the the knock on it that a lot of people are saying is that somehow it's going to create a divide or some type of chaos in the locker rooms. And I think that's more of a, you know, the coach kind of has to filter through that. That's just a new thing that coaches are going to have to, you know, I guess calm down, you know, you're not a celebrity, you're still part of the team, blah, blah, sure. blah, things like that. Um, but from a player perspective, I think it's something that should have probably happened a long time ago. Um, you had guys like Reggie Bush, right? I mean, obviously there's, there's more that went into the Reggie Bush situation, but um, a guy that was dominant in his time and probably would have benefited a ton from a yeah. role like this in, what was it, 2004 early, four or yeah, five or whatever it yeah. was. Um, so for the players, I'm very happy, and I don't think it causes too much ruckus in the NCA. Honestly, I, I don't. Well, I don't I think it's going to be as big of a deal as what it seems. See, Jordan's angling <laughs> for name, image, and likeness rights because if we ever do it as a podcast, he's going to be the one that cashes in. Because guys, <laughs> Brian, you, Eric, and I, you know, we'll be riding his coattails for sure. Yeah, my my name and image aren't going to make me a ton of money. I would <laughs> <laughs> but your likability, oh no, that's likeness. I meant like <laughs> likability, we'd be in better shape. So, yeah, but, I, but we're not. So, so Brian, my, my, my question to you though about this is really this is just an opportunity for boosters to pay kids. And you, you stop and think about what's going legally, on in Miami. Legally, like, let's legally, be clear. Legally, legally above, above the yeah. table. Right. But it's going to bring out more of those because even if you, you know, there, there are guys that weren't going to do it. But now you can pay every player ten grand. You know, like in Miami, they had a guy that was going to pay it. You, you were interviewed in a post game interview. You get ten grand. 
that's two minutes worth of work for $10,000. And anybody who, could, who did it would get it. And now he just gets to go out and make it rain. And that <laughs> is going to change the game, don't you think, B? Maybe a little bit. I, I, I read an article that uh, interview with Nick Saban, and he said one of the interesting aspects of this is that it is going to force kids to use some due diligence and some prudence in really understanding how this is going to shake out. They're going to have to make some decisions, and some of them are going to make the wrong decision, and they're going to miss out on opportunities. And they're going to well, take the quick buck early. And, and so I think it, there's some there's some business side to it that I think could be helpful. I think there's some marketing that guys could really learn. So, you know, I mean, you, I know we talked in the podcast probably a year ago about we should have a major that is becoming a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Well, this right. is almost like a class in that because you're going to have to learn to do some of these things. You're going to have to learn how to budget your money and you're going to have to learn how to do some different things. So that's the positive side. The but negative look, side, I, of course, is that you're going to, you are going to have some kids that are going to get taken advantage of. Uh, and that's unfortunate by some guys that just aren't very good people. Well, let's, 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 I would love to take whatever Uncle Nicky says as gospel. But the bottom line, he came out and announced that his quarterback, who has not taken significant playing time in his career yet, has already topped over a million dollars in NIL fees. That was a recruiting move. It had nothing to do with helping a kid out. All he's saying is, you can come to Alabama. You don't have to play. I got you a million bucks. <laughs> I, well, I, I think that's an issue. It is, but he has had no trouble recruiting before this came down. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be that big of a game changer. I really don't uh, because he's a football factory for the NFL. And if you get an, And if you get a degree, that's just – that's bonus, but it's, it's a football factory. Clemson is a football factory. Ohio state is a football factory, Georgia. A lot of these schools are football factors for the NFL. You just have to decide whether you want to go join a bunch of other really good players or you want to make a name for yourself somewhere else. Um, so I get what you're saying in that. I, it's basically now it's, it's out in the open instead of being done somewhere behind closed doors. And I'm always for transparency whenever possible. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm right there with you, Brian. I mean, I don't. It's happening anyway, and you know, there's a disparity between the haves and the haves-nots because of it. Um, and so, I think by bringing it out into the open, it might even do more to narrow that gap. You might have a school. Like, like Grand Canyon University, right? There's a lot of money at that school. Um, they're small. Uh, they just don't have football, but they got no, basketball. No, 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 but they have basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, they made the tournament this year. They're, they're like on the rise. But, I mean, if you open the doors to endorsement deals for kids like that uh, or, you know, kids at a school like that where there's a lot of money already. Helps them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think all of a sudden they're in the conversation for national prominence as opposed to just, you know, that, so you're little, that, that little small school GCU in Arizona. GCU might be the next Gonzaga? Possibly. Yeah, that's a great comparison, Brian. Great comparison. But, um, it, but in college football, which is what kind of we're focused on, sure. it's very, very difficult to build a longstanding program and now compete with the big boys. I mean, really, the program to do this the best most recently is Clemson. Mm-hmm. Yep. A program that was okay. I mean, they won back with Danny Ford. Like that 
pull from back from the 80s, Eric, Danny Ford. You like that? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Impressed. There you go. I had to pull something out of my whatever. Um, I told you you would. But, you know, they, were, they won a national championship way back, and then they went and were just awful for 20-some years, and then they got the right coach with the right backing, and Dabo Sweeney, one of my favorite coaches in all of sport, has turned them into a powerhouse. Um, and so it, it'll be very interesting. I tell you, the coaches will have to do a different type of coaching beyond X's and O's, as you said, Jordan, yeah. because you're going to have to build team camaraderie. We all know the quarterback is the BMOC. Now it's really going to, not only is he going to have the big man on campus, he's going to have the big wallet on campus. Sure. Uh, and how does that work? So who gets all the love? The guys who score the touchdowns and, and get the interceptions and the sacks. So how will that impact the offensive linemen? the linebackers, the specialty, you know, all those types of things. It's going to be a very interesting song and dance I think a lot of these coaches are going to have to do. And I think some will do it very, very well. And I think others, it could be a problem that could actually negatively impact uh, some programs that may have been very successful. So have you guys heard about uh, this kid out of Texas? I think he plays in the Dallas area. His name's Quinn Ewers. He's a quarterback, 18-year-old kid. Okay. Big-time uh, prospect. A, yeah, he's number, time, number one quarterback number prospect. Number one quarterback uh, prospect in the nation. And he's 18 years old. He's already in a position where he's racked up a couple of, I think he's got like a million dollars in, in endorsement deals that he could take. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Texas state law prohibits high school players from benefiting on name image likeness. So he's kind of in this position where he's trying to make a decision. He's committed to Ohio state. So he's in this position where he could graduate early, forego his senior season and, you know, move out to Ohio early to cash in on those endorsement deals. Is that an issue for any of you guys when it starts getting into the high school levels? Jordan. I I feel like I'm just a little different because I mean I that 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 I don't think that particular instance is one that I can kind of use this argument about. But I know that there's some guys, you know. Let me like let's use Najee Harris as an example. Najee Harris, right? Mm-hmm. Old Alabama running back. Yeah. Knowing his background from the Bay Area and knowing where he was at, like he was poor, yeah. like living out of his car in high school you know, struggling and still performing and, you know, the biggest name out of the Bay Area goes to Alabama now playing for the Steelers, right? Mm -hmm. At that time, for him to benefit from his likeness, I would say, you know, at 18, life-changing for him. Changes not the course of his life, but changes the course of his kids, his kids' kids, right? And his his family? His family, like, I mean, he literally was in an orphanage in Richmond. I mean, he, like, struggling. So I think for certain instances like that and that's why i use Najee harris like it's hard to say you know like he's performing on the field he's doing everything he needs to do why can't he benefit from something like that now now there's other ones you know with this quarterback it's it's slightly different but i think certain instances it's hard for me to tell a kid if he's doing everything he needs to do he's eligible he's he's dominating on the field and he's and he's an adult and he's an adult i mean i think it's it's hard and maybe you run the rule They've got to be 18 and a high school graduate. I mean, or something right. to where you have to delineate. Because, yeah, you you start going into the high schools, and we're going to see junior high school kids that can jump out of the gym with NIL contracts. I mean, yeah. it's coming because ESPN or whomever cable 
network or streaming service is going to grab them, and if they get people to watch, they'll put it up there. They don't care. Yeah. yeah. Side note: There's a junior right now at Bishop Dowd High School in Oakland, kind of where I'm from. Um, who signed a million dollar contract as a junior, and hmm. now he's going to forego the rest of his high school and play in like the kind of G League Ignite system that Jalen Green was in, mm-hmm. um, and he's like the youngest to ever do that in basketball. Wow! So a million dollars at seventeen, I think he just turned seventeen. And that's where the NA, that again, but here's the: if you have a great skill, right? If you're an actor, yeah, you can go sign a contract at twelve years old. Yeah. Remember the Olsen twins from Full House? Oh, look at so- those girls made buku bucks. Right. Soccer too, right? Messi, Ronaldo, Absolutely. eight years old. They go into an academy. I remember. Right? Uh, do, you, do you remember the name Freddie Adu? Yeah. Yes. Like, Freddie Adu. He, he was a thirteen-year-old on the cover of Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and um, now his career didn't necessarily pan out like everyone thought. But if he would have had to wait until he was, you he would have never had any of that. He would have got nothing. He would have gotten zero. So, I mean, I see both sides of the argument. You know, like, I totally understand. Uh, I don't want to give any, you know. So I get where Jordan's coming from. Right. The antagonist might say that, you know, you get someone in a case like Najee Harris where, you know, he was living in an orphanage, right? There's a kid who maybe doesn't have the support system that's required to navigate making some of those deals, and there's a lot of people who may uh, who could easily easily step in and take advantage of oh, a situation I, I like don't, that. I think sure. there would be people that yep. would take advantage. Absolutely. Um, so that, let, let, you know, that's the other side. But I'm kind of with. I mean, I don't know. I'm you know. Go ahead, Eric. It's a, it's a tricky thing because there, there there's pros and cons to so many things. It's not black and white. It is. So because let me ask this question because I, I I think. In my mind, the NCAA could have avoided all of this issue, which has good and negative uh, for both the NCAA and individual players, if they would have just early on said, you know, look, if you're playing a collegiate level sport that takes X amount of time, we're going to give you $5,000 a semester so that you're not having to beg, borrow, and steal to go get a pizza, right? And, and, um, we, we will, we will allow you to have some form of financial compensation. I don't think we would be in quite the dilemma that we are today. I, I, I think it went from zero to a hundred. Or so a million. Fast. I mean, I, I don't know, Eric. I mean, I think, I think that, that may have, um, extended the timeline a little bit, but I think at some point we were always going to see something like this because sure. the issue is but, rooted. But, if you remember back to the old um, college video games, yeah. it, it was yep. the Ed O'Bannon case where you know he sat yep. down to play you know NCAA hoops two thousand or nineteen ninety nine or whatever, um, and there he and his brother are on UCLA, and he's like, man, you know that that looks a lot like me. You know, I I should where's mine. Right, you know, right. and uh, understandably so. Yeah, and, and and I get that, but I think if 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 they had been did, uh, smart and deliberate and gone about it, it could have alleviated some of the issues that are going to come up. We were always going to get to where college athletes are paid and they're paid well. We were always going to get there because that's the society we live in. But. I think there's the potential for a whole lot more damage when you go from zero to a hundred or like Brian said, zero to a million. <laughs> um, there are pitfalls and pratfalls and all kinds of things that can happen that could have been kind of mitigated along the way. If there was a much more gradual forethought and foresight put into it. And I think that's where the NCAA dropped the ball. I don't think there was any foresight 
it was completely greed on their part and saying, yeah, no, we're going to keep all of this cash. And you guys, you just go out there and sweat a lot. And, uh, I, I just, I, I think there was some short sightedness in the way it was handled from the past, for the past 20, 25 years. Well, and they got, they got scared. I mean, you're going to have legal issues. I mean, it was coming down the pike and they just, they took the lead path of least resistance to get us up. You know, here's the interesting aspect. And I think some people would say this is unfair, but I'd also say this is kind of how life is and kind of how the, the capitalistic society in which we live. Well, Okay, so the quarterback at Alabama is going to get in a million dollar NIL deal, and he's never played a down that I can remember. Yet, you could have an all American gymnast at Alabama who might not get a hundred bucks. Yeah. Good, bad, indifferent, that's a reality. Yeah. And some people would say that's very unfair. And the other side might say, well, that's kind of what the market. Yeah. And that's and that's life, right. you know. And we get a whole nother thing about college and what degree do you pick and what you know. But if there's a market, money is available. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you choose something that is not marketable, you could be the best at it and work really hard, but it's not there. It's not there. Yeah, and that's that's reality. Yeah. Um, and so that that's a whole that could be a whole nother podcast. That may even not be sports podcast, but I I'm going to get off of. I'm going to stop before I get on my soapbox <laughs> about that. Um, uh, well, the last thing we want you to do is slip on your soapbox because, you know, you put your back out and that's not great. That's so, not good. That's not let's, good. Let's move forward. Let's talk about, let's, let's put some nuts and bolts in here and let's talk about the college football expansion from eight to uh, college football playoff expansion from up to eight, maybe even 12 teams. Thoughts? It's better than what we got, right? Like, I, I hated to. Don't, I hate four. I mean, the Pac-12 hasn't had a representative since oh, 2016. Since Oregon and it's, or Washington. Washington. What is I mean, it? Washington. Uh, you know, like and some people, some <laughs> people, and, and it's like, yeah, okay, so, you know, maybe the Pac-12 isn't as competitive. Uh, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, the eye test, and I'm sick of that stuff. You know, forget that. Let's let's look at like data, numbers, figures. Make Alabama play somebody or whatever. Now, if you expand the field a little bit, Alabama, you know, can still get in playing, you know, a bunch of high school teams, and then you actually let some other schools compete who might actually have a chance to to uh, you know take home a, a national championship. So, I like eight better than four. I like twelve better than eight. Ideally, I'd love to see sixteen. That's not happening. Um, so, you know, I'm rooting for 12. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, Reg. I mean, it's something that's needed to change for a long time. I mean, you could probably go through our podcast of college football predictions, and it's probably had the same four or five teams for the last however long we've been doing this. I can yeah. promise you it's got three. And maybe maybe even before there, we were doing this. There are three teams that I bet everybody's <laughs> picked every year. Um, and, oh, yeah. And, and again, if it isn't, it's because Eric hates Alabama. <laughs> and yeah. again i don't know i mean or I, maybe i love cal too much or the other. well that is you, you even as much as you love cal yeah. you have never done that you're not putting those guys in there no. but yeah i, I mean and again, <laughs> you're not those guys in there. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a problem i mean that we see alabama clemson and you know ohio state all the time but again like like what reggie's saying you expand the field you see what happens and it, you never know you i never just know. think i just think that 
like Boise State in 2004 or or UCF Scott Frost's UCF team from like three or four years ago could have on on a given night overtaken an Alabama or an Oklahoma or a Georgia and then now now you got something you know like now now it's exciting to watch like here's this yeah maybe they get drubbed in the second round or whatever but still Alabama's gone so now who and it and they settled it on the field you know so that that's just what I want to see. I want to see teams settle it on the field. I don't want computer algorithms deciding who gets in. I don't want some, you know, like some back room deals happening and some closed door meeting between chancellors. Forget that stuff. Here's how I look at it. If you want to keep your conference championships, then it's eight. And no no conference gets more than two because you're going to get five automatics plus the group five. So you're going to get six automatic bids and two at large. If you're gonna, but if you're willing to eliminate the conference championship game, then I think you get 12, and I think you take it down to 11. You get, and you play more conference games. You play 10 conference games, one out of conference game, but it's got to be, you know. Then, then it's the whole thing. Do you lose the the body bag game, or do you lose the mid major against the big dog? What do you do with all that? Uh, but I think whatever you do, the the number of conference games needs to be uniform across all the big conferences. Because there's some teams that play ten conference games and some play eight. Yeah, it's just so different. Makes no sense. <laughs> and so, I mean, what do you think, Eric? Do would you prefer eight or twelve? Do you understand kind of my my logic in that? Oh, I definitely see your logic. My, mine is just a slightly different take, considering that I that, love. Now that shocks me, Eric. <laughs> You're Isn't it though. You're gonna you're gonna be divergent right now. I you know I'm shocked. I'm coming out of left field. I I'm just doing it. No, here's my thing. Right, I love the bowl season. I love the fact that there are 35 different bowl games. I think that is 41 this year. (laughs) There you go, 41. I think that is a fantastic thing. Except nobody plays in them anymore. Exactly. Right, because That's of the, the NFL and people mm-hmm. stepping away, and for good reasons. That's why, for me, um, I would love I, you, you know the, the Fiesta Bowl now. If it's not a, in part of the rotation during a given year, uh, and Oklahoma and Boise State were to play in it now, Boise State's playing all their guys except maybe one, and Oklahoma's sitting seventeen. <laughs> right, and it's not the same thing anymore. So, what I would like to see. I wouldn't mind it going to 16 just because it means that there are far more games where guys are playing and the competition is phenomenal. Um, but there is a risk of getting hurt. And I, I understand that from, from, from an athlete's point of view. And yet you play the game to win championships. And I just think the more meaningful games that you can create, um, the better off you are. 16 may be too many, but, it just guarantees that you're going to get the best on the field. So and, would you uh, eliminate the conference championships then, Eric? I think I would have to consider that, though I hate that, because really I, I like your idea. To, truthfully, Brian, I've been saying this for years, the conference championships, championship games, really should be the first round of the college football playoff. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. you have you win your conference championship and you advance. Yep. So technically you know that's five games right there and you're 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 filling three others to get the 16 teams so you know the, you're already getting 10 power five teams and now you throw in six 
But I think what you do there is instead of having a Mountain West championship and an American championship and a pick all the other, you take the two highest rated group of five teams and they play with the right to get into the eight team playoff. And I tell you, you talk about spirited. Oh yeah, right. You, I guarantee you that would be yep. a very, very well watched game. Oh yeah. Oh, well, how about this? But too? you could do. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, you could do this, right? If, if the conference championship game is considered basically a first round because you've got the first place teams in every division of every major conference playing, right? You got you got those ten teams. If you took the other the 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 mid range five and an independent, you've got the same thing sitting on your other half to get you to sixteen, and they're they just keep playing in a way to kind of get to that, like like Ryan said, one of the top 60. I don't know. I, I think we could work it out. You're just not going to get just, the big conferences to only allow one. They want two. The SEC well, wants two. The ACC or Big Ten wants two. Technically, if you start considering the conference championship game as the first round, you've got two. Guaranteed two. Every conference then, every major conference, is guaranteed one in the next group. Right. If you if you do away with that, and you're just kind of taking these these ten to twelve, sixteen teams, there is no guarantee that the Pac-12 or the ACC or whatever gets a team into the next round. And this way, you're guaranteeing that all Power Five conferences have one guy going into the quarters. Well, and so the other thing this I, does I, is this would pop has the ability to balance out the talent disparity we're yep. seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and then if I mean if if you have to do or you could even maybe work it in if you if you have to get rid of the conference championships, but I don't think you do. I like what Eric's saying a lot. Or you could take the first place team from each of these conferences that have dual north, south, east, west, whatever the heck. Yeah, and you seed them. You could do it that way too. Now sure. you're going to lose the guarantee of for sure having somebody in, but at least you get yeah somebody. And if and if there's a year where the we use the Pac-12 as an example. Pac-12 South, the winner of the South has four losses. Yeah. Well, you don't get it. You you forfeit your spot if you're at a certain wait, below a certain wait, level. Just, hang on just a second. Do they do that in the NFL? Oh, think so. I seem to remember Seattle and New Orleans both getting in with losing records. I know. I it's know what you're saying. because you play in a conference that's not great in a particular year. And I think one of those two teams actually won their first round game. So that was, I, that I was Seattle. Yeah, I don't have any qualms okay. with, um, you know, on a given – because once you give every conference sub-conference, you're right, or every conference's divisions something meaningful, I, it, there I, will be teams in that division that will rise to the challenge over time. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that, Eric, and I would say – you know, if, if somebody's a tradition, I, I know you like the bulls, Eric, I, I like the bulls. They're fine. But you know, like, do I really, you know, is, is the tax slayer bowl must see TV for me or whatever, or the, you know, whatever, uh, the backyard barbecue, bowl, what all that, all that stuff, you know, like whatever, if it's on, I'll it watch fills it. time between yeah. Christmas and new year's. Sure. Let's be honest. Right. But if those games were the relegation bowls, like you were talking about earlier, Brian, where it's like the team, the last team at the bottom of that conference and the team that's wanting to move up, if that was there a game go. to either now, stay now in matters. the top or, there you or go. get knocked uh-huh. down, there I will watch go. that and I will 
DVR it, TiVo it, whatever. Now right? all of a sudden, the <laughs> Minnesota versus Fresno State is, important. Is, in, is a big deal. Huge deal. Yeah. I like that. I, I, that's I, good. Yeah. That's good, Reg. That's a good idea. And ESPN would eat it up. Unfortunately, guys, none of it's going to happen. But But Reg, I got to give you credit. That may be your best idea of all time. I'm just saying that. (laughs) Thank you. I've I've had two. The the Kipchoge, the the do-it-yourself Kipchoge (laughs) jersey. Just not a Rayleigh's. Not a Rayleigh's. Not a Rayleigh's? Just keep it at home. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be going to grab some apples, see Jordan across, the, and then you just turn around and walk the other way. I don't know that guy. All right. So, so Eric, should we go to what actually is going to happen, which there will be a college football final for? Yes, there will be. So let's talk about this year's sleeper team. Somebody who's ranked outside the top 10, but you think might have a chance of making the college football playoffs. Cal! Well, we Bears. know for sure that they're rated outside the top Jordan. ten. <laughs> they're, they're definitely Eric, Eric just goes Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely a sleeper. I'm that's for sure. Or what I just heard that, that can't be happening. <laughs> so just Jordan. to double check, LSU is outside of the top ten this they're year. They're ranked sixteenth. Right? I am going to take LSU. I, I think there's no way they have another. What was it? A 500 year last year? I'm not even sure they were that. Uh, they might not have been that, but uh, Miles Brennan's back. The quarterback's back, so he's going to have a year in the system. The line's supposed to be good on both sides. The year prior, they were a national champion. They will bounce back. There's no way they come back. Um, you know, less than 500. They'll they'll, they'll 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 get it together this year. All right, I'm going to go with uh, with the big O. The Oregon Ducks. I think they have the best player in college football and the big defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau, probably be the number one pick in the draft. Love him. And I think Cristobal's starting to figure some things out, and they've got an electric quarterback in Mr. Brown. Uh, I think they go to they go to the uh, they go to the horseshoe. Hmm. Ohio State's gonna have a brand new quarterback. And Oregon's quarterback will have played a little bit, and Ohio State's quarterback's gonna get to Get up close and personal with Mr. Thibodeau. So I see Oregon going in, knocking off the Buckeyes hmm. on their way to the college football playoff. They'd have to do it. It's the only way it's going to happen. It's the only way they get in, but they before, have a chance, be, right? They before, have a chance. We, before we get to Reggie and his pick of Cal, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to jump in here, and I'm, I, I mean, I, it, it is so sad because we live on the West Coast, and it's been a long time. Here's my sleeper. USC Trojans are outside the top 10, but they don't have to play Oregon. They don't have to play Washington. The only time they're going to be an underdog is when they go to Notre Dame. They could be 10 and 1. And if they get past Oregon, I think in the Pac 12 championship, USC is going to be number four. That, that fourth team taken. And I think their schedule is going to give them a chance to do that so I'm, I'm saying watch out watch out for the short it doesn't mean they're a great team don't get me wrong i'm not saying they're one of the four best teams in the country what i'm saying is that they've got themselves in a position with a good team and a weak schedule that they could be the one that sneaks in and because of name value people might give them more credit than what they deserve so watch out for the, the, the only the only thing though eric they do play cal at berkeley in berkeley yeah, what was the last time Cal beat SC in Berkeley? It's been a long time. It's been a while. Trap game. 
track <laughs> game. Yeah. For well, whom? Because they, they play for the Shillelagh the next week. They play UCLA the week after. So it is. it kind of is a track Arizona, game, Who did they play the week before? Uh, Arizona State. Oh, which Arizona is State's, their top 25. Not, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're no sleeper. There's your trap that's game, Eric. Other, that's, their only, that's their only other tough game is, is ASU, but I'm just saying. So uh, we've got Oregon, USC. We've got LSU. Reg, go for it. Well, how far outside of the top four do I have to go? No, you got to be outside of the top ten oh, who the, has a oh, shot to shoot. get to the top four. Okay, because I was going to say, I really like Iowa State. I really do. I mean, I, I think I think, I think they're They got a shot. Year. They yeah. had a big-time yeah. year last year. And they beat yeah. Oregon Festival. They lost I love the championship, right? Yep. Yes, Matt Campbell. Great, great dude. So are we going? Uh, love so their coach. I've got. I've got a head pick and a heart pick. I'll start with the heart pick because we know that's not going to happen. Wisconsin. Oh, Coastal Carolina for sure. <laughs> Coastal, Coastal Carolina, Carolina all the way. The Chanticleers. Mark it down right now. There's my heart pick. Okay, so so what you're saying then is because we know they won't be in the top four, <laughs> the Chanticleers are the group of five team that gets into the big time bowl. Yes. Okay. I, I think there you that. Go. Yes, I think that's that. Because they're not getting in the top four. That's just not going to no, happen. No, 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 no. So in in all reality, I don't think I think the only other team that has a chance outside of the top four is Notre Dame, and that's just by name recognition. Because if Notre Dame is like ten and one heading into that final weekend, or or eleven and zero, they're going to be in the conversation. Because I mean, I'm looking at the I'm looking at. I mean LSU. LSU's got a shot. That was a good pick, Jordan. But I mean, but they got to play Alabama. They got to play. I mean, yeah, it's just and they're the, not the gonna. They're brutal. not gonna be there. Yeah, and and you know I don't care if North Carolina is undefeated. They're not going. Uh, Miami. Well, they're not gonna be undefeated because they're gonna be Clemson. Sure. Yeah, yeah. they can't. Yeah, with one lot, they're not going. Um, Wisconsin. I don't see them. No. They'd have to be what undefeated. Do, what, no what, what about Texas with Sarkeesian? They got they got a new coach. Uh, there's some name recognition yeah, there. But maybe. that's, that's I mean, the most they, underperforming. They'd have to knock out like if they knocked off Oklahoma. If they then, can catch then, Oklahoma yes, on a on a bad night, okay. then they're in the conversation. Now, sure. I will let you but know they're that not even in the top twenty in certain polls. No, so they're yeah, they're twenty first, twenty second, somewhere around there. Yeah. in the AP. So I, I want to. I got them twenty first in ESPN. Okay, yeah. so let's go pick our top four. And then I do have a game of the year that I want to tell you about, and we're going to put a picture of. A part of what's going on, going to happen in this game as part of the preview, because it is unlike anything. I'm going to send you guys the picture after we're done. So top four, real quick. Does anybody not have Alabama? Oh. Does anybody not have Clemson? I mean, let's just. Does anybody have anyone outside other than the four that like have been in Alabama, there Clemson, year? Ohio State, Oklahoma? I yeah. mean, those are the four. Yeah, those are the four, and those are the ones that are going to be there. I have two different. Uh, actually, okay. yeah, I have I have one different. Okay, good, Jordan. I, I think Georgia's want. getting in. Georgia. I think, I think JT Daniels is the real deal. USC transfer quarterback. I think he's going to. Clemson, gonna Georgia. Okay. At, at uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. That's a yeah. big Labor Day game. weekend. So that's who, a who big time from? game. Which. Who, that's who, a, so, I, so I have Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Oklahoma. I don't have Ohio State in. Mm, wow. Okay. Mm. Right. Okay. It's possible. Okay. I'll, I mean, I'll go. Harbaugh says I mean, he's going to beat his rivals this year or die. So, you know, <laughs> Ohio State has to get past Michigan. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I will, I'll go. I'll take Alabama and Clemson. I think those two are, are, are no brainers. But then I, I do think there's room for some, some surprises. I, I, I do think that there is a chance that Iowa State goes instead of Oklahoma. 
Um, well, they can and, beat and him I, twice. I, they beat him twice. I, I, I think that's a possibility. Iowa State is sneaky good. They are. And I, I think they will be even better this year. So I, I, I got, I'll go ahead and, and, and throw Iowa State in the final four, which is, you know, that's a huge risk. Um, but I also so, think before you move off that, Eric, like, I just want to say, this is how, this is how jaded I've become. Okay. Cause I could totally see a scenario in which Iowa state should be there. Right. <laughs> Let's say they run the table and win the big 12 championship and go undefeated or split with Oklahoma, but win the big 12 the second time. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you, you drop whatever scenario you want, whatever happens. If Iowa state is the representative of the big 12, Georgia's going in with Alabama with a loss. I mean, that's how this thing works. Like, like a team like that, you know, all that does is that opens the door for a second or potentially even third SEC team. So there's no way that yeah, Iowa State I, not, gets in. They could run I'm, the table. I'm, they're not getting in. I love them. No, I love them. Love to see. They're going to get in. You watch my. You, you mark my words. They're going to get in. That doesn't mean that you're wrong on the Georgia page <laughs> because. I, <laughs> I, I think, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm not feeling it for Ohio State. Um, I, I, think, I think Georgia gets in over Ohio State. So I've got Alabama, Clemson, Iowa State, and Georgia. I've got two of those top four not making it. So there you go. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of out there on a limb. I, I'm in the same boat, Eric. A little different, though. I'm going, and I wrote it differently than what I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go Alabama, Clemson, Oregon, oh, wow. and mm-hmm. Iowa State. Pac-12 gets one. I just think Oregon, if they can go into the horseshoe and knock off Ohio State, if you're going to play Ohio State with a brand-new quarterback, when's the best time to play them? Early, before they figure some things out. And like you said, so USC doesn't have to play Oregon? Well, guess what? Oregon doesn't have to play USC either until the Pac-12 championship game. And so I think that gives them the ability. The biggest problem for Oregon is they're going to have to go to Arizona or Arizona State again, and that is things the get kiss weird down there. of death. They go in November, <laughs> I mean, really and things get funky. Good old yep. Sc- Scotty and, and Tampa. <laughs> it's a little weird. They out don't there. do well, so they can somehow get. I'm almost more worried about that game than the Ohio State game. <laughs> Brian, at least you didn't say anything about Cal, Oregon having to play Cal. So no, I, 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 I know better than that. Circle it. It's a I know trap than game. Trap game. October 15th. Trap game. Track so, <laughs> so did everybody get, Reggie, you put your four out? Uh, yeah, Alabama, what did I Clemson. say? Alabama, Clemson, o- Oklahoma, Ohio State. Okay. You're going to go yeah. chalk. I mean, I, I wouldn't say, chalk. like, I wouldn't be shocked if Georgia gets in there. And then if Georgia's in, then Ohio State or Oklahoma are out. Right. I mean, and we all know it's probably Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go that way until I see different. Which, okay, you know it's been decades. So so before we wrap, I want to let you guys know, for Eric and I, because we grew up with the uh, the Big Eight, right, Eric? The tearaway jerseys. Yep. Right. For the first time in a long, long time, the Nebraska Cornhuskers are headed to Norman, Oklahoma. The third Saturday in September, Nebraska, Oklahoma. I will send you the picture of the uniforms that Nebraska is going to be wearing that day. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to put it up. That's going to be part of our promotion of this. So if you've listened to this, you might have already seen. If you you listen to it and don't check out our uh, Instagram page, you'll want to go check it out because these might be the most 
let me put it this way. I texted a buddy of mine who lives in Omaha who is a massive Nebraska fan. I can't repeat on the air what he texted back to me <laughs> when he shared it with all of his friends. It was um, pretty unbelievable. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we're, we're worse than the Bumblebee Steeler jerseys? Oh, Oh, absolutely. No. I'm telling you, <laughs> oh, no. this is, un- it's bad. It's oh, bad. Man. And being a guy who grew up like in Nebraska, cause I had family that was from Nebraska. It is an all time low. <laughs> what the shuck are those? <laughs> Come on, Yeah. Masters. They didn't use the sh- word though. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll be looking right. forward to that picture, Brian. Yes, it's coming. Uh, it's coming. If we had a there video, you... I would show it to you now. But well, there you go, people. That is our NC2A football preview as we get ready. And remember, kickoff is uh, the season's kickoff. I think is just over a week away. Yeah. I, I think last, it's weekend, the last in, weekend in August. August. Yes, UCLA Hawaii nice. from the yeah. Rose Bowl. Hey. All right. Hey. And, and some great first weekend matchups. Boise State so, at UCF. So oh, that here, will be entertaining. Yes. Here's the benefit of living in the great Northwest. Most of the college football season will be spent in snow. I don't have to mow a lawn. I am free as a bird. I get <laughs> So... Anyway, guys, thank you for your participation tonight. Everybody who is listening, thank you for listening and taking some time and spending it with us for no apparent reason. But we love it anyway. Thank you. This has been Get In The Game. And whatever what we want you to remember is this. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, get in the game. You've been listening to Get In The Game, an exclusive presentation of the Blue Chip Sports Network. Get In The Game with Eric, Brian, Reggie, and Jordan on iTunes, the Blue Chip Broadcasting YouTube channel, and bluechipbroadcasting.com.